You're listening to Crystal and Emily on Love Your Shelf, the best librarian podcast in the extensive and highly competitive field of librarian podcasts. Are you ready? I'm ready. If there are any home noises in the background, I apologize. That's okay. That brings up a good point, though. People might not know that we're not in the same place usually when we're... Oh, yeah. We're never looking at each other. It's a (laughs) recorded phone conversation would be the (laughs) Very high tech. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, no, we have so much equipment (laughs) and microphones and a team behind us. Yeah, that's why we sound so professional all the time. That's right. That's right. Well, this is episode 14. Love an even number. Yeah. I'm actually the opposite. So I, That's right. We talked about that. Yeah. That's oh, why we like make a good team. We cover all the numbers. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have, again, I have a big list. I may not make it through everything, but um, I definitely want to talk about um, a few of the books that I'm reading right now. I'm actually in the middle of several so I just get in a mood yeah start and then I'll leave that one for another one and I hear you I've been doing that a lot lately um it never used to be a habit of mine but now it really is so live your life however you see fit absolutely and you're better than I am about actually finishing books when you read like that like I'm my downfall is if I yeah read too many books at once I just will throw in the towel on all of them so (laughs) whatever works for you (laughs) yeah well the um first one I want to mention is the song of Achilles which is by Madeline Miller and that's the same author of um Circe Mm -hmm. and which is our big read selection for the year and (laughs) plug plug uh, plug uh, you know (laughs) Uh, they, um, the Song of Achilles is the, sort of a retelling of the Iliad. Uh, cool. So, um, yeah, and it's definitely a retelling from what you would, you know, normally see that has been depicted, like, say, in the movie Troy or uh-huh. um, in, you know, any other adaptation, pretty much. Um, sure. Very unique point of view. So I That's highly cool, recommend though. it. Yeah. Um, I'm also reading a new one. It hasn't come out yet, but it's coming out soon by, um, Jonathan Lethem, who I mentioned, I've mentioned a couple times, um, who wrote Motherless Brooklyn. Uh, oh, yes. Yes. Okay. I was like, wait, yeah. well, where did I hear that name? <laughs> <laughs> so he has a book called The Arrest, which is coming out in November. And, um, I'm reading a, an advanced copy now and it's, it's back to like because I I think I may have mentioned that he had a couple of books that I wasn't super crazy about you know I've mm-hmm. yes off that train but um I'm really really enjoying this one and it's it's like um it's sort of beyond or different from like your usual post apocalyptic dystopian novels um it's like all of technology even guns you know everything that's technological just stops working and so then they have to you know all the people that are left have to sort of navigate that 
Um, and it's <laughs> the main character. Um, his nickname is Journeyman. And he, <laughs> he had been a screenwriter in Los Angeles before the arrest mm-hmm. um, with his best friend and um, who was um, like a big wig in Hollywood. So, okay. Um, anyway, I won't say too much about it, but um, he ends up having been separated from this friend for a long time. And then his friend rolls into town where he is in, in this like commune type place where they're sort of living uh-huh. off the land. And uh, anyway, so it's, so it when you hilarious. say technology stops working, is it literally everything at once or is it a slow progression or? That's a good question. In fact, he, he actually describes it because at first he just, you know, it's a little bit vague. And then he says, you know, one day oh. um, the um, television just stopped working and then. No! <laughs> <laughs> the horror. I know. <laughs> you didn't say this was a horror book. <laughs> and then um, airplanes fall out of the sky. And then, oh, okay. That actually is horrific. Yeah. And then guns just stop firing bullets. And Whoa. he says that, that even you can't even make a, a bullet explode if you hit it with a hammer. So it just like. What? So it's definitely, it's not just, it's not your usual, like somebody did something or the, you know, society's falling apart. It's like more. Um, esoteric i guess than right that. oh wow very so, cool yeah. yeah it's it's really good and then um kind of on a different note <laughs> for sure i'm reading um a memoir of um the, the director ken quapis and he um who who is that he was a director like for the office and for <gasps> oh my people. gosh okay okay yeah. okay Yes. And so the book is, um, but what I really want to do is direct lessons from a life behind the camera. Mm. And, you know, I I don't know. I've been reading memoirs lately and I haven't been super excited about any of them. Mm -hmm. But so far, um, this is really good. He seems like a cool guy. It's funny. Um, You know, you got some behind the scenes kind of action. So. Yeah. Oh, that is neat. That's something I'd never, yeah. Some, someone I would never think about. Like, again, I, that name sounded familiar to me. Well, yeah, I, I just, I mean, he's not a huge name. I mean, he's, no. he's directed big things, but he's not like, you know, known in wider circles. So. Right. Right. Uh, well, cool. But, yeah. But it's cool. How about you? Um, well, I'm still working on the same. I haven't switched gears on any books from last week. Um, so I have strictly television again. All what right. would I do if my television stopped working? <laughs> <laughs> um, so are you ready to switch gears to TV? Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Um, first thing I recommend, uh, well, depending on your humor, I suppose, um, Michelle Wolf, she came out with a new stand-up special on Netflix last year, and I just totally missed it. It's called Joke Show. Oh, it's good. It, okay, it was <laughs> so funny. I I just um, I really love her humor. It's obviously it's really crass. Um, so if the, you're not down with crass, don't watch it. But I mean, it's a lot of like my favorite favorite things she she'd spoke about was just generally talking about how like 
I don't know, people generally think that men are the grosser sex. <laughs> and uh, it's just not true. Women are disgusting. And <laughs> it's true. <laughs> so um, I don't know. Do what? Not me. Sorry. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> you're a you're a princess. But oh, yeah. I'm me. disgusting. So <laughs> but I just I really I really like her humor and her delivery. And um, so that's Michelle Wolf's joke show. Um, I also watched this is really switching gears on Disney plus. There is a documentary called Howard about Howard Ashman, who is a name that I really wasn't familiar with um, until I'd say within the last you know couple of years, but he is pretty much, I don't know, the person or main person responsible for um, creating uh, the main, uh, I guess the main movies were the little mermaid Aladdin, Beauty and the Beast, he sort of came in and rescued, from what I understood, kind of rescued those productions. He wrote all of the music. And um, I think, you know, when they were initially working on The Little Mermaid, when he came in, um, the character Sebastian the Crab, they had him as sort of this, like, sort of uppity butler type who was very, like, "Mm -hmm," I don't know, (laughs) highbrow. And... um, he came in and was like, well, why don't let's make him Jamaican. And, you know, I, it, for anyone familiar with that movie, I just, (laughs) Sebastian is one of the stars of the show. And um, I don't know. I just, it was really cool. Those movies were a big part of my childhood and it was uh, really cool. Just as he was really a force, a force to be reckoned with and had a vision and wouldn't settle for less. And um, he, uh, died from AIDS uh, toward the, I guess they had just put Beauty and the Beast had just been shown in one of the big film festivals and done really well. Mm. And so he died. uh, He was able to learn that and right before he passed away. So um, I don't know. It was a really lovely documentary. So that's called Howard on Disney plus. And then I went HBO crazy after that. (laughs) Um, I, uh, went back to Perry Mason and finished it last weekend. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. I'm really ready for the next season. I feel like they did a cool job of I don't know, setting it up for yeah, um, yeah, what they're going to cover next next season. I also started The Sopranos. Um, oh my gosh! I know. So my fiance watched it last year, and I would watch bits and pieces with him, and I knew it was good. It was just one of those things where like he kept watching it when I wasn't around and I was like, well, you know, I'm not going to jump in now. So I decided to start it and I can't stop watching it. It is (laughs) so good. I, I mean, I'm sure I'm preaching to the choir here to not only you, but everyone who's listening. Um, It's just such a wonderful show. The concept of a mob boss going to therapy is one of my (laughs) favorite things ever in the world to watch. Um, the acting is beautiful. Every person in the cast is just, it's perfect. I, I actually read that, um, James Gandolfini, like throughout filming that show, he, they said he was reached out to by multiple quote, wise guys, as they put it (laughs) and told him how, like how great, great a job he did and how realistic it was. (laughs) And 
I know. And in the in the pilot episode, I guess James Gandolfini is wearing shorts in a scene or something. And he said some wise guy reached out to him and said that that wouldn't like never wear shorts again. That's unrealistic. Like, <laughs> and apparently they work that into a later episode. Some somebody wears shorts and they tell him not to wear shorts. Anyway, that it's such an amazing show. Uh, and I've only gotten through most of the first first season. So uh, oh, that'll yeah. be, yeah, a really fun ride. Um, and then last thing, I started a new series on HBO. The first episode premiered last Sunday. It's called Lovecraft Country. And mm-hmm. did you try it? Did you start it? It's on my list. Okay. Um, it, it's intriguing looking. Yeah, I had no idea what it was about, really. Um, but it's really, it's, I'm excited for it. It's sci fi, it's historical, it's um, really shows some pretty disgusting sides of racism. And honestly, I don't, I, I'm learning things from this, from conversations that are being had um, right now. And I'm, so I'm learning a lot of things that I didn't learn in school. Uh, yeah. Not surprisingly. So I, I think that's a really wonderful thing to, you know, be able to hear those stories and that those stories are being told, but then they throw um, some crazy sci-fi in. So I'm excited to see where that's going to go. Awesome. Yeah. yeah I'm looking forward to that one too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm interested to see, um, see what you think. Well, so I'm... that's, uh, yeah. What have you been uh-huh. watching? Oh, well, actually, a lot of stuff. In fact, I've watched a couple of movies, which has been unlike me lately. Nice. Um, but I'll start with the TV shows. Um, I watched the new Twilight Zone. Oh, fun. <laughs> and it ha- it's been pretty, pretty fun. I think there's actually two seasons. I'm totally, like, spaced out. And just, and oh, like, I had no idea there was another. I watched... Mm. A, a, a few to several episodes of the first season and I had no idea there were more so I need to catch up yeah the only thing for me I love um Jordan Peele and he's mm-hmm. the, he's like the you know the narrator that he introduces each episode uh-huh <laughs> but he's so goofy looking I... he's like you know, intoning about the Twilight Zone. Uh-huh. It just looks like he's about to crack up. All the That's time. what I was about to say. I feel like he's doing a bit. Yes. And I don't know if that, I mean, he's definitely, it's not a bit. <laughs> and I feel like <laughs> I keep waiting for like the eh, part. It's, it's, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So it does, you know, any, even if they would be kind of creepy and some of them are kind of creepy, some of them mm-hmm. are real cheesy, like the original, you know, um, yeah, it, totally. It's, it's definitely worth watching. Um, I also, this is a, a special that I watched a while back that I never have mentioned. It's um, Middle Ditch and Schwartz. Have you seen that? No, I think you mentioned it to me or I heard somebody else. Anyway, I need to watch it. Well, yeah, it's, it's two um, actors. Middle Ditch, Thomas Middle Ditch, I think, mm-hmm. was in... Um, Oh, the HBO, the, the oh my HBO gosh. funny I keep wanting... tech show. Silicon Valley. Yes, thank you. <laughs> I kept wanting to call it Pied Piper anyway. <laughs> exactly, Pied Piper. Um, <laughs> and they just like do completely live, 
like skit show reacting to stuff that they get fed from the audience. So that's like none of, <sighs> nothing is rehearsed. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, anything like that, even if it's not the most clever or the funniest, it has like that energy that you just yes. kind of go along with. You know? Absolutely. That's a good point. I That's something I really like about improv. Yeah, it's it, it's a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I would cool. Definitely watch that. And then a show that I kind of I started watching and then stopped. It, it, it has it's kind of like the Twilight Zone in that it's kind of each uh, episode is sort of standalone kind mm-hmm, of. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called Room One Hundred and Four, and it's on HBO. <gasps> oh my gosh! I <laughs> I like almost started watching that. I was so close to just pressing play, and I didn't. And I maybe I should have, but I'm also excited to hear what you have to say about it. So yeah, well, okay. there's um, some of them are just bizarre. It's like it's all takes place in this this supposed to be like the same hotel room. Okay, um, right. But then there's big dramatic stuff that happens in each episode, and it's um, like the I think the latest one I watched it was like a. I wrote down that it's Russian mob rap and (laughs) I'll just leave it at that, but uh, I'm hooked. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, But there are some, like I said, just like with the twilight zone, there are some that are just not very good. And then some that are really intriguing. So cool. Yeah. You know, I'll I'll give it a shot. No, I like, yeah, I'm I'm here for it. Yeah. Uh, I also watched um, little women, the new, uh, adaptation of that did you like it I did I was not expecting to okay and- yeah because I think I gave like a really glowing review after I watched it um well then that's not why I didn't expect to like it <laughs> no 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 I just I was like I didn't want to be like isn't it amazing and you were like eh. <laughs> yeah. so- <laughs> no, it's really good. Um, the casting is brilliant it really was. And they switch up the structure. The story is told. Yeah. In kind of a modern, more modern way. Um, yeah. Which kind of confused me at first. It took me, yeah. maybe I'm just slow, but it took me a second to um, sort of realize what the differences were. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, it, it shakes it up. It makes it fresher, you know. Right. Because we've, I mean, I feel like everybody's seen at least some of the adaptations of that, you know, mm-hmm. I think the last one was in 1994. Yeah. And I really, I really love that version. Like I grew up yeah. watching that one. And so I don't yeah. know, I wasn't against, um, against anything when this one came out, but I was just kind of like, okay, like I, I, I like the, you know, the cast, I like who's in it. So let's, and I like Greta Gerwig a lot. Um, yeah. She did Lady Bird, which I really loved. So anyway, I, I ended up being really pleasantly surprised, too. I really loved it. Yeah, I thought that the um, that pretty much everybody was sort of spot on in terms yeah. of the casting and how they handled the characters and everything. Yeah. But I do have to say that Christian Bale is a better Laurie than I agree. I feel like Timothy Chalamet is a little bit, he's a baby. He's a baby. baby. I'm willing to fight somebody about that. Cause that's, I totally agree. No, the whole time I was like, "Mm." you're a baby. Like you're, I don't know. He just seems, 
I don't know. Like, I wasn't convinced that he was who, like, swept um, pretty much all of them off of their feet. I know. Exactly. Like, oh, this this little twerp over here. (laughs) And he did a good job. Like, I mean, it wasn't that he's a bad actor. It just. He's a talented person. Exactly. Just Um, didn't quite bring it. The person who blew me away, and I can't, I can never remember her name, uh, who played Beth. Um, she's also in Sharp Objects. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have only ever seen her in those two things, Sharp Objects and yeah, this. And she plays, I mean, fully opposite. opposite people. Yeah. And she just nails both of them. I yeah. I was really blown away. Um, yeah, she's. It took me a long time to place her because she's yeah. so different. She, I mean, she, she looks is. completely different. And it's, I mean, I feel like even if she had looked exactly the same, it would have been hard to place her because she did such a great job of transforming herself as a person, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, it was, it was pretty remarkable for sure. Well, good. I'm glad you watched that. Yeah. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Um, And then after that, like you sort of, you know, uplifting ending movie. Mm-hmm. I watched um, a documentary on Margaret Atwood. And oh, cool! It's, yeah, it's called "A Word After a Word After a Word Is Power." Cool. And um, she Good says, that, "Yeah." Um, <laughs> in it, she says that she never, and she's like eighty years old now. Um, I was going to ask that. I I didn't know. If she was alive, I'm afraid I'm kind of embarrassed to say that. But yeah, right. <laughs> she's still she's kicking. She's okay. Um, but she she talks about how she never thought she would be a popular writer, but she just wanted to be a good one. Yeah, and I didn't I didn't know much about her biographically, but um, the people that spoke like she seems like a sort of mild-mannered demure person Mm -hmm. in anything Mm -hmm. that I've seen about Mm -hmm. her but apparently people that know her knew her she was pretty (laughs) pretty hard case like she was you know like a tough broad Um, (laughs) (laughs) and so it was really interesting and um in fact recently somebody was telling me that um they had been at some kind of retreat or some uh, it must be a retreat or a conference or something where mm-hmm. she was also in attendance mm-hmm. and that nobody called her Margaret. They either called her in the, in the movie, they called her Peggy, but I want to say that they, she had people call her Madge or Marge or something, you know, some uh-huh, like, uh-huh. shortened name and that mm-hmm. she like cooked everybody eggs for breakfast and <sighs> was, was just like the opposite of what you would imagine of this person who's written I, I think wow. 60 books or something. Like a wow. Lot. Yeah. Uh, a very, she's very prolific. Um, oh she, my gosh. Cool. The best part for me, cause I love um, a handmaid's tale mm-hmm. and the best part for me of the documentaries when she's talking about that. And there's a, um, well, before that, there's a, a quote that I remember Um like recording at some point like you know mm-hmm. writing it down and it's mm-hmm. it's it's a little um well I'll just I'll tell you and then you know you can be like ah but, uh, <laughs> I'm ready in, she writes in um and I can't remember, even remember the source but she writes you fit into me like a hook in an eye a fish hook an open eye 
And so it's like this. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it's so visceral. Anyway. Um, but that's like the best part of her writing, you know? Oh my gosh. I want to burn somebody with that so bad. (laughs) (laughs) You think I'm sweet, but I'm not. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And I think you and I both suffer from that. Uh, personally, everybody thinks that we're yeah, super, super sweet and nice. Yeah, yeah. But, but <laughs> anyone who listens cool. to this podcast knows differently. <laughs> <laughs> so she's talking about writing A Handmaid's Tale. And she says about how hard it was and how she she was actually scared writing it. That oh, wow. she was, and I've read this before, but um, it's worth repeating that she said that um, – Nothing that happens in A Handmaid's Tale is something that's not happened somewhere. Right. So, even at the time. like um, Yeah. Uh, so that makes it even more chilling. Like, yes. You didn't it, just oh make this gosh. stuff up. It was all taken from something that happened somewhere. And it's good, which means it's going to anger somebody. You're either, you're stepping on toes somehow. Right. Yes. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. Oh, even just those two mentions are so powerful. Those, that quote and, um, yeah, just thinking about that. I don't know. The idea of writing something, even though you're in fear, I don't know. I just think that's, um, it's strangely, it's like unexpectedly brave, I guess is what it's. Yeah. I mean, it's cause it's quiet, but you're, you still are like, I'm, you know, it's almost like you're waiting I'm putting this out there just you wait I have to (laughs) I don't know yeah no exactly and and we you know it reinforces how much words have power in the yeah um and because and we know you know working in a library how powerful and meaningful books are to people and um you know in in positive ways and negative ways both right right um so yeah I would strongly recommend that it's a really good documentary very cool and um and then it it reminded me there's a show that's based on another of her books called alias grace and um it's it's directed by sarah paulie who i love i thought you were gonna say sarah paulson and i was like wait when was that (laughs) made (laughs) she directs (laughs) um no yeah it's uh it's based on an actual story of a woman who was imprisoned. Um, anyway, I won't mm-hmm. get too far into that because it's something that I started a while back and it was, it's very dark. And so mm-hmm. I, I kind of put it aside, but I'm going to revisit it since I was reminded about it from that yeah. documentary. Um, and then, cool. yeah, you know, I also wanted to mention, cause we've talked a lot about um, the videos on the Bon Appetit, youtube and yeah well um it's been really unfortunate for the last couple of months the it's the company that runs the videos is a different company from the publisher of the magazine and so all of these people that worked for the magazine were then sort of contracted to do these videos um well and there's quite a few of them at least a dozen um different um people who are you know doing these different segments and stuff right and that it became to light that all of the people of color were either not getting paid for their videos or getting paid a lot less than the other no yeah so i was 
so bummed out, but um, it is, it was sort of, well, I don't know, all of everybody that was, that had anything to do with it um, really came out strongly uh, mm-hmm. in support of the, of the, you know, their coworkers and, yeah. and some of them just ended up, they, when they couldn't make the contracts work, they just ended up quitting. And some of the, um, the people who, you know, had been fairly right. um, paid and everything, they also sort of in solidarity quit too. So wow, yeah. Um, so well, I good. Bring that up because that's been a big bummer. Um, oh, in a lot I of hope, ways. Yeah, I hope that that's a wrong that will be righted. My goodness. I know. I mean, they tried. They they went into you know contract negotiations, and apparently they still they wouldn't they wouldn't bend so that is why <laughs> just why <laughs> i know maybe this is a conversation for outside the podcast but all right <laughs> well, yeah we could we could go on about that for a, a long time but anyway i just wanted to bring that up because that had been something yeah that, um, i had really been enjoying and it was and they're all super cool people yeah but, what uh, a bummer oh no and then I'll sort of wrap up with a, a more cheerful. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> one of the first podcasts I ever listened to that got me into podcasts was um, mm-hmm. Doug Loves Movies. And you told me about Doug Loves Movies. Yes. I need to go find it. It's uh, Doug Benson. He's a comedian. He you know has people on. They're all super knowledgeable about movies. Like, I mean... They're way bigger movie nerds than me. So, and you are a big movie nerd, <laughs> and that's big a big movie nerd. Super compliment, by the way. <laughs> um, well, but him and uh, Chris Hardwick both, when he first had podcasts, like that's mm-hmm. now it's like it's a long time ago, fifteen years, I guess. I don't know, but oh they're both gosh. still still rolling. So those are definitely podcasts cool. I would recommend. And then the last thing <laughs> is something. We haven't done this in a little while, but you know what's making me happy this week? Oh yes, is um, Spark Notes on social media. Oh my gosh, <laughs> have you seen any of these? No, but oh, do tell. Yeah, so you know, I mean, when I was a kid, we had Cliff's Notes, uh-huh. but then you know, they more companies came out, and so Spark Notes, but they have uh-huh. some genius behind their social media campaigns, and it's. They tell like, you know, really stripped down and goofy retellings of <laughs> of the plots of you know classic uh-huh, like Shakespeare uh-huh. and stuff, and it is hilarious. So you should definitely follow Spark Notes, which I think is such a weird sentence to say, but uh huh, yeah, no, I was <laughs> like, okay, what do you have for me right now? <laughs> you you will not be sad. Cool. You will, you will thank me for checking out Spark Notes. On- I definitely will. On Twitter, or they have uh, on Facebook too. Either way, cool. But yeah, so that's my week. Um, anything that you want to? Oh add? yeah, that's making me happy this week. Um, yeah. Well, so my sister is coming to visit this weekend. She and um, her boyfriend have been super quarantined for mm, going on six months now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so um, yeah, they're gonna come and say hey to the family we're gonna have some social distanced um, family time and I think she's gonna help me organize my house a little bit because I walk into a room and completely freeze up 
So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm really excited for that. So nothing better than family and organizing. I'm telling you, she is <laughs> truly my other half in that way. I mean, we really work well in that, in that capacity. So, uh, weirdly organ, really excited about organizing. Didn't expect, <laughs> didn't expect that to be the thing making me happy this week. <laughs> it's such a good thing for, you know, your mental health, I think, because it's I, yes, my, and we've talked about it, that my mental health is reflected in my surroundings. And so truly, if, if my house is a disaster, you can pretty much know what's yep. going on in my life. You don't even have to ask me how I am. <laughs> <laughs> And likewise, you know, getting it cleaned up makes you feel so much better. So it does. I And every time I do, I'm like, why didn't I do this before? I don't, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> but so here we go. Yeah. So enjoy your weekend. Thank Check you. You right. too. Yeah. Yeah. And that goes out to everybody. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. <laughs> All of our multitude of listeners. That's right. <laughs> Both of you. <laughs> right. <laughs> We should just start naming them all. If, yeah. I know. Just give personal shout outs. <laughs> we actually can't see who it is, unfortunately. So you'll have to tell us if you're <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Tell us if you're a listener. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll sign off and we'll see you next week. Cool. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.